0: This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Football, tennis, Formula One, swimming, you name it. Whatever the sport, there is always one debate or another. Is Fandi Ahmad the greatest Singaporean footballer? Will there ever be another Joseph Schooling? No matter the topic, there is always an opinion when it comes to sport. Hi, this is ST's Hard Tackle and I'm ST Sports reporter Deepan Raj Ganesan. Every fourth Wednesday of the month, my guests and I will get stuck in as we discuss a particular sport-centred debate. In this first episode of the new series, former Singapore National Team centre-back R. Sasi Kumar and Singapore football commentator Zaul Raushan join me to tackle the ever-controversial topic of whether Singapore football needs naturalised players. So much to get into, but first, hi Sasi and hi Raushan. Now, on the 25th of Feb, the Young Lions get their 2023 Singapore Premier League season underway against defending champions Albrechts. And for the first time since 2016, the Young Lions will have foreign players in their squad with the addition of Jun Kobayashi and Kan Kobayashi. A possible sign of us revisiting the foreign talent scheme. Now we'll touch on the Young Lions addition of the foreigners a little later, but I wanted to start by getting to the very root of this. Of course, the call for Singapore football to revisit the FTS has grown louder in recent months since the Lions were knocked out of the AFF Championship following a 4-1 trouncing by Malaysia back in January. And the FS has since said that it's necessary uh, and evident that we need to concurrently explore the option of expediting the process of integrating naturalised players by the existing FTS. Now, Sasi, I'll come to you first and foremost. Why are we revisiting the foreign talent scheme again? What's the root cause?
1: I think it's really quite obvious to see, in my opinion, because... There's no talent here, right? I mean, if you look at the talent pool, who are we really pulling from, right? I mean, where are the players really coming from, uh, the next generation of players? Take away the Young Lions. I don't see any other clubs really producing players or even the Young Lions project. Uh, it's a big question, mark in the sense of uh, producing talent, right? So I can see why they have entertained the idea of looking at the foreign talent scheme. But we've got to be really careful here because... Doing the same thing and asking for different results, it's madness, right? And this is where we got to be clever or whoever's thinking the decision has got to be clever with how the next version of the foreign talent scheme really works. We can go into that. But for me, there's a lot of mistakes we did in the past with this talent ID or talent naturalization process and stuff like that. And then you look at what's happening in the region as well. Indonesia, the way Thailand has adopted that and a few other teams as well. So they're bringing quality players into the mix. We need to be careful because if we expect Messi or Ronaldo to come to the SPL in two or three seasons, they'll be one of us. We've seen it many, many times. And trying to think that we're going to bring a player into the SPL and that player is going to be good enough for the national team is just madness for me. So unless it's a different version, a different concept, I don't see it really working.
0: Raushan, we we look at the root cause. So are we in agreement that to use the foreign talent scheme again means
2: that we are admitting that our local pipeline has failed? Yeah, I think you cannot run away from the fact that there is a dearth of talent and that's a problem where we need to supplement it now. Many years ago, the foreign talent scheme worked because we helped the local players. There were a good bunch of local players. The foreigners came in to help them achieve greater things, right? Right now, there is lack of talent and that needs to be covered up by foreigners coming in. So to Sashi's point... While previously we've gone down this road, this time has to be slightly different in the sense of what we're trying to achieve, the talents we're trying to uncover and their purpose they will serve for the national team.
0: Sasi, do you agree then that, you know, we can sum this up by saying that the local pipeline has failed. Has there been any arguments you have heard recently to change your mind?
1: No, not at all. I think anyone who's arguing otherwise probably, you know, they know something that we don't, right? Or they're watching a different game altogether because it's quite evident. Even though there are a few players coming through. There are bits and pieces, I would say. When you, when you say talent, we talk about generation and talent, right? Do we have generation talent coming through? The answer is no. Do we have some sort of talented players coming through? Yes, we have. We have a few players that are coming through. But are they going to change the landscape of the national team in the next five to ten years? Not really. I mean, the only one I can really think about in the past generation coming through is Ilhan right? Uh, he's probably one, and you can see that he's going to make a move to Europe. But one is not enough, right? You, we need to have three or four coming through. But uh, So that's, to my point, whether, whether we have a pipeline or not, I mean, it's very, very evident. But having said that, I must say that because with my own kids, and I spent a lot of time looking at the grassroots, there are a lot of talented players. But where's the pathway and how do we keep them in the game is a big question.
0: So to answer your point about this pathway, Uh, Would you then say that the reason our our local pipeline has filled is not exclusively owned by FAS and there are more parties at play that are at fault or could have contributed?
1: You know, it's a very interesting question and it's actually a very good question. Um, I want to bring an attention to, I think it was last week or something, Venga actually sent me uh, an image, which is very interesting because in 1998, he sent me the NFL table, right? Division 1, Division 2, Division 3. There were 38 teams, if I'm not wrong. 38 teams in the NFL, three divisions. So talk about talent. And today, fast forward, I don't know how many teams we have left in in the whole footballing system. So the point I'm trying to make is that without these clubs, it's just not about the SPL. It's also about the teams below. Uh, It's also about the, the football academies. It's also about neighborhood clubs and stuff like that. If we don't have that ecosystem, it's only natural that we don't have talent coming through. It's not rocket science. I mean, I'm not telling you something that... I invented here. It is facts. If you if you go and do a bit more research, the reality is we just don't have enough players playing football.
2: Alright,
0: and now that that has been established that the local pipeline has failed, Sasi, I'll come to you first to ask you for your stand. Does the Singapore national team need naturalised players in their ranks?
1: I think it would be very naive and also very short-sighted if we say that we don't need talent or we can't have naturalised talent. I think we we cannot be thinking about that because uh, the world is global today. Look at me, I, I sit in Spain, my kids are Singaporeans playing in a Spanish club. So we can't think like that. So I think we need to be open-minded enough. But my question is, what sort of talent you want to bring in? That's the bigger question rather than say, should we have? I think should we have is a straightforward thing. Who should we bring in is a bigger question, I think.
0: Right now that I have yours. Then Raushan, uh, what is yours? Then Do you agree with Sasi?
2: Yeah, I think I stand alongside Sasi in terms of what he says. It's not just about bringing talent, it's the quality of talent. And what's the long-term plan here? Because I stand on the side that we do need short-term success, which foreign talents can bring in order to achieve those long-term goals. Because as Sasi alluded to earlier the pipeline has failed. That's not going to be changed in the next three to four to five years. It needs time to find its feet and then start giving us players for the national team. So in the interim, what are we going to do to get fans on site? Because quite honestly, Singaporean fans are fair weather fans. They are not your bona fide football fans who watch the national team week in, week out. I'm talking about a vast majority here. The only way to get them on site is to give good results. This we saw in the Suzuki Cup last year when the whole... Country almost went behind the national team, despite losing to Indonesia in the semifinals. So they do need tangible results to believe in a project. And I think the foreign talents that come in, if chosen well, can help give that immediate boost of injection to the local football scene.
0: Now, I've already heard this word used a few times, which is the word interim uh, and also the word short-term. Which makes me think then, and, and I'm not saying that disagree with you guys, but it makes me feel that like this is a short-term fix and it's not going to really fix the long-term problems of Singapore football. And I'm sure we'll explore that a little later. But right now, when we look at the use of foreign talents around the world, uh, you know, is this something that we should look at and view as something that would result in us getting left behind if we don't use it? Because I think Sasi, you mentioned it earlier at the latest AFF Championships in Malaysia. Malaysia had eight foreign-born players in their 23-man squad, 11 more who withdrew or were not called up. Indonesia had three foreign-born players and Philippines had 13. So all these countries, you know, around us are now using that route. So are we just looking at it as, oh, we cannot get left behind and therefore we should use it? Sassy.
1: I think that is actually the wrong way of thinking, right? Because uh, because my neighbour is doing this, I got to do this. I think that's not ideal in any case, right? Not just in football. To me, it's more important to find out what's our long-term vision for it. I'm going back to the fact that now we have unleashed the Raw and a lot of stuff is being put together at the the grassroots. Better something than nothing. That's my opinion, right? Better to do something than not do anything at all. How it will pan out, how it will eventually produce players, we don't know. But it's better that we have something, there's some effort at the at the grassroots level. But while that's happening, to the point of Raushan's uh, thing is that it's short-term thinking. I don't think so it's going to be short-term thinking because to to change policies and to say that, okay, this is the vision we're going to take. Then it's got to be something that's also long-term. Then you supplement it with local talent. We are a country that is small. Majority of the population doesn't play football. We are pulling in from a very small pool. So the reality is that we will always have shortage of talent. We will always be, because we are a small country, right? This The cuts we have been dealt with. So it also means that There are a lot of players out there. I'll give you an example. I mean, and you guys know this because you are football encyclopedias, right? So like Terry, Luke and I, and and, and the list goes on. All these guys can actually play for Singapore. But when you look at the foreign talent scheme from the past, right, you get the likes of Ekman Gonzalez to Mirko, to all these guys who have spent some time in Singapore. They don't do national service or even Song for the latest uh, example, right? They don't do national service, but they're given a passport. What is the difference than not getting Perry Ng or Luke O'Neill, who are playing in a much higher league, right? Give them the privilege to play for Singapore. And then you see the change. If we start to say, okay, because you're going to live here and then I give you a passport, uh, it's not, yeah, we didn't force you, we won you, and then you play for the national team. Would you rather have, I mean, with no disrespect to Song or all the guys who have come through, would you rather have them or the Perry Ng's of the world or the Luke O'Neill's of the world? I mean, the answer is clear, right? So if we are walking down this path, Let's not then make two different distinctions between foreign talent. If we're gonna walk this path and say we want foreign talent to come and make us better, let's then have our minds open and think about the bigger picture and say who can we then bring the best? Because we need to bring the best to come and represent the national team, not bring a guy and put in the SPL and three years later say, you know what, (laughs) it didn't work for us, right? So let's let's go back to the drawing board again. I think we've got to get past that and say, if we're gonna walk this path, let's do the best we can. Look for the best talent, qualifies to play for Singapore. Forget about the national service, you, your national service is to come and play for the country.
0: Very valid point. Um, I'm going to adopt the the thinking of a coffee shop uncle here now because <laughs> this is not necessarily my view. But we've seen this debate with the table tennis team, for example, you know, when they were victorious, people were saying, yeah, is it really Singapore? I'm not quite sure. So, Raushan, my question to you would be, if we were to have uh, naturalised players in our squad again... Would you then think that we would lose some fans because they would think that this
2: Singapore national team is not really Singapore? My answer to that is how many fans do we have to start with bona fide fans, right? And to Sasi's point, it's about doing something rather than nothing. There are various layers to this conversation in terms of, what needs to be done to prop up Singapore football. One of those layers to solving this long-standing issue is foreign talents. And I don't think it in any way will dilute the fact that these players are playing for the badge or playing for the country. We went through the list of 11, 12 boys who've gone on to represent the national team. I don't think in any way they've diluted the, the amount of patriotism we feel for the victories they've had. Of the four Suzuki Cups or ASEAN titles Singapore has won, three was won using foreign talents as part of a team. 1998, Sasi was part of an all-Singaporean side, so to speak. But I don't think any of those victories mattered differently. They were all crowning moments for Singapore football, regardless of who was playing or who was wearing the badge because all of them pull in the same direction. And I think that's what matters most. It does not matter where these players were born. It's all about whether they are pushing in the right direction, which is to bring Singapore football forward. Uh,
0: and good point you mentioned about 1998. Of course, Sassi's crowning moment. Uh, Sassi, I just want you to be honest here. You know, in-, in that particular side, was there a quality in that team that we might lose in future sides if we were to go down the route of uh, naturalisation again?
1: No, I don't think so. You lose quality. In fact, the way I'm suggesting thing is to increase quality, right? If you're going to bring players who are playing in in different top leagues around the world who qualify to play for Singapore. So I think if I say uh, otherwise, you'd be, you know, I'll I'll be lying. But the difference between that team and whoever teams that came after us and will come after us is, is because back then it was the situation. We were there. We happened to be an all Singaporean team. And we had a very diverse team, so to speak, as well. It's not one part of the race that makes the 90% of the national team. We had different boys, different backgrounds coming together. And everything aligned nicely for us, like all the other Suzuki Cup or Tiger Cups that we have won. Things happened because there are other things that happen off the pitch. We were in a different situation. Other teams, other teams in the region were on the way down. We were on the way up. So there are different aspects of it. I think we shouldn't be paying attention to all of that. We can only influence the things that we can influence, or we should only influence the things that we can influence. What your neighbor is doing, what they are doing. We need to think about our situation. We have a the big elephant in the room about national service. We, we have many other things. The majority of the population is not playing football. Kids don't have places to play football. Uh, we have a lot of other restraints, right? So then we think about what's best for us. Given all these limitations, Singapore is an expensive place. So, whether it's academics or sports, let's think about all of that and then find the best solution. It could be a case. I mean, you look at the Philippines, they do very, very little in youth development because I've done some work there. I know because they know they can go around the world and pick 11 players who represent the Philippines. They know that for a fact, right? So, whatever the money they get from FIFA or whatever money they raise, they do what they can at the grassroots level because. In a team of 11 or 13 players, they're going to have one or two Filipino boys who are born and bred and played there. But they know for a fact they're going to go, they to—they will have 30, 40 players that are willing to play for Philippines at some point. So I think, uh, without sounding to um, someone who's been jaded or given up on the game, that's the reality. The faster we get to understanding this reality, it's better, going to be the better for us. Because trying to say let's build this SPL into something of a mammoth or become like, you know, 16, 17 years ago or 20 years ago when I was playing one of the best leagues in Asia. It is not going to happen. It's so far away now. It, we are not going to reinvent that. We are not going to come back to that position. Now is to take stock and say, okay, if we go forward, we need help of external parties in the way of foreign talent. Now let's find a solution that's the best case for us. If we have to bring 11 players, so be it, right? Singaporeans cannot complain because uh, that's the cuts we've been dealt with. They just got to get behind the team and say, this is what we got, okay? This is our national team. Like the table tennis, for example.
2: I'm completely in agreement with what Sasi is saying and the point he makes about not looking at what your neighbour is doing, right? It's hard not to look at what the likes of Malaysia, Indonesia and Philippines are doing. And if anything, we are already late to the party. They already have a head start with a good head coach. They've already worked on increasing their talent pool by bringing foreigners in. So, essentially, I feel the high of losing to Indonesia in the semi-final which is a conversation we've had off-air before seems to have delayed this push for the foreign talent. The only reason we are sitting here having this discussion now is because the recent ASEAN tournament was such a failure. Therefore, it almost seems like it's a knee-jerk reaction to get something done. This conversation needed to be started 18 months ago, two years ago, a long time ago, because the pipeline has been lacking for a long, long time. Failed Failed is the word you should be using, Roshan. I didn't want to go there, but (laughs) yes, failed.
1: No, but but if I can just jump in on your point, Roshan. I mean, again, if you go back to what you just said, right? We got the high from getting kicked out of the semi-finals against Indonesia. I mean, look at us, right? What we're saying, we have become so mediocre with our expectations. Like getting kicked out of of the semi-final in the fashion we got kicked out is a positive for us. I mean, how low have we come, right? How 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 bad has football become? Uh, actually, we should be all upset that we got kicked out the way we got kicked out
2: on home soil as well.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then we started celebrating with the coach and and then we got another coach. It's another conversation altogether, but I mean, if you want to be high achievers, if you want to be high performers, this is not the mindset, unfortunately. Uh, and then we are just like to ourselves, right? We just say, okay, we win the AFF Cup, we're happy, uh, while everybody else is, I mean, like, look at Vietnam. The next aim is how do we qualify for the World Cup? Uh, look at Thailand. Their aim is how do we qualify for the World Cup? how do we get to the Asian Cup? We're still talking about sea games and, and AFF Cup. That was a conversation when I was playing, we had like, okay, how are we going to be consistently winning sea games and uh, the AFF Cup? So, I mean, it's quite evident of what we need to do and we need revolutionary changes. We can't have aesthetics. We can't. We need to now think really crazy ideas and crazy things to make sure that there's complete change. If not 10 years from now, a lot more gray hair for all of us. We'll still be talking about the same thing.
2: Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa enabled devices. And now back to our podcast episode.
0: Back to my conversation with Zaul Raushan and Sasi Kuma. And, and speaking of changes, of course, the, the Young Lions, like I mentioned at the top of the show, will have the addition of two foreign players at the very least, in the form of Jun Kobayashi and Kan Kobayashi who were part of Albrechts' title-winning side last year. Now, Raushan, what is the play here? Why
2: the sudden change and what are we
0: expected to get?
2: Again, I cannot understand the sudden change. I, I can see why they brought in two talented boys who did well at Albrex last season, but we are unaware of what the long-term play is. Are they there for the betterment of the Young Lions in the league or are they there to then have a knock-on effect on the Singaporean boys in the squad? At 23 years of age, how much of a big influence are you going to have against with your colleagues who are essentially about the same age? That's a question I have. I don't know if the long-term plan is to get both the Kobayashi brothers to play for Singapore. That could possibly be part of the plans. But again, to Sasi's point earlier, there's no point fielding them for three years in the Singapore Premier League and then realising, oh, perhaps this is not the road we want to take. And if you are looking for midfield replacements, the likes of Kiaga Nakamura spring to mind as a more immediate <laughs> fix for the national team midfield. So I do question why we've brought in two young Japanese boys who've had one good SPL season under their belt. Having said that, the Young Lions project was at a space where something needed to be done. And with all due respect to the association, they do seem like... A bunch of people who do things for the sake of doing things. And this is what it reeks off for me. Sassy, uh
0: forgive me here if I'm being too short-sighted in, in, in this question. But we, we talk about bringing these two players in who are, of course, Japanese-speaking. You know, Felipe Ao, the, the head coach, has talked about the guidance that these players will bring. But if, you, if you're if you not speaking the same language as, as these young boys from Young Lions, is there really much of a guidance that's going to be taking place?
1: See, this is what my point is. Uh, at the start of the show we're talking about, right? When you do something, let's go all the way. This is, to me, it's like, okay, we need to do something. Let's do the minimum possible. Uh, with no disrespect to the guys. In fact, I didn't. I never even watched these guys play. I don't know what's the level of football and whatever. The reality at 23 years old, they're going to come with not speaking English. And what impact are they going to really have? Is it a matter of you need to go and find somebody cheap to just put it to the team and say, hey, we've done something. What's wrong with getting a 27, 28 Year old or a 30 year old center back, uh, a 30 year old uh, striker, a 27 year old midfielder who can then go into the dressing room and say, This is how you guys play. Or, f- for example, go to a Harris Harun and say, Okay, thank you very much for your time at Lion City Sailors. Now you come with the Young Lions. You're going to lead this team. You're going to show what your career was all about. And then you came through this route. Now we need you to do this. This is your next project, right? I- I'm using Harris uh, as, a, as an example. But why won't you go out and do something like that, rather than bring two Japanese boys who don't speak English, they're 23, you put them in the SPL, and then expect them to be world beaters in the next 18, 18 months. Let's take this clip and put it into a time capsule. I guarantee you in 24 months' time, we'll be having the same conversation how this failed. I guarantee you.
0: Wow. And, and I don't differ too much from what you think. But do you think, Rau um, uh, that the Young Lions will be any different from what we have seen in the last couple of seasons with the addition of uh, these two Japanese players and possibly one more foreign addition?
2: I think the Young Lions will be starkly different this year compared to last year just because of the coaching change and we know what uh, people can do with boys that age and he will get them playing in a positive way. I don't know whether the changes are going to come specifically from the two Japanese boys because to Sassi's point, they are 23 years old, they don't speak English and they're young shoulders. Expecting them to lead the way is asking a lot. Having said that, the Young Lions have been so dire in the years gone by that anything, anything at all, will be a step up on previous years. So possibly they will not finishing bottom last, finishing second last might be a step up for them. And this is no disrespect. This is just everything that's wrong with the issue, right? So even the smallest increments may seem like a success. But does that then aid Singapore's wider infrastructure of pushing up football? I don't think so. Is there an argument to be had though that you know
0: because these two players were from a title-winning team, and therefore they are definitely bringing in quality because i mean june kobayashi and kan kobayashi were one of the two of the better players in, in the Albrex team so sasi w- would i be making any sense by saying oh they are for sure bringing quality and therefore the players around them will pick up in quality
1: okay so the question is then when you assemble a team like that when you bring two foreign players in are you looking for them to get goals are you looking for them to put points on the table are you looking for them to play X number of games. So what is the real objective about getting these two boys here? means to say that, we, you know, Raushan said earlier, get them to play attractive football. Is that the end game without winning games? Okay, play great football, don't score enough goals, finish bottom of the table. But you played better football than the season before. Is that what it is? Or you're saying, okay, we're not going to win the title. We're going to try and finish mid-table. All right? means to say we need to score X amount of goals. We need to pick up X amount of points this season. So these two boys bringing in, will they contribute to the number of points on the table? Football is a results game. Every player is a return on investment. So how many points? For example, you buy a striker, you need him to score 20, 20, 25 goals a season. Are you telling me this is the kind of players that the Young Lions have signed? Players who are going to put points on the table, players who are going to give X number of assists, or they're going to score goals. What is the objective? I would have liked to hear, maybe in the media, we sign these two boys because we think they're gonna score X amount of goal or we're gonna we think that they are going to make this many assists or they're gonna revolutionize the way we play football. They're gonna change the style of football. I would love to say that because that's more tangible, that's more objective. Rather than say they're gonna come and help the dressing room. What's that mean? I mean, if that's the case, we all can go into the dressing room and help them too, right?
0: And when you look at um some of the names mentioned on the on the recording so far, yeah, you, know, you looked at uh, Luke Onian and Perry Ng, who of course uh, play in the Championship for Sunderland and Cardiff respectively. And from what I hear has been holding us back is the fact that we're not so willing to to give citizenship to them because that would mean that these players would have to leave England, leave their careers and then come to Singapore and play. Sasi, we've had this conversation before where I think you told me about how uh, Song Yi Yong, you know, when he has played uh, for quite a period here, he plays like any one of our players. and And I don't disagree with you on that because... I look to Song Yong as, as someone of a certain standard, but I don't think he he fulfills that standard in recent games for us. So, would you still be willing to have Luke Onian oh and Perry Eung come back if that meant that they have to play in the Singapore Premier League? How can we get around this?
1: Absolutely not. I mean, uh, really going back to the point of what I said earlier, then it's no different. Then it's no different. There's no different of bringing whoever a talented player, putting him in here and, and, and putting him in the SPL, and three years later go like, oh, actually, he's not really that great. It's not that the player is not great. The environment is not great for him to be great. Uh, we all know for many reasons, people have called uh, even from the highest order that the SPL is a developmental league, right? It's definitely heading down that road. So you will not bring top players, put them there and say, hey, come to come and join our development league. But I tell you what, when you put on the national team uh, shirt, you've got to be of a certain level. It's not going to happen. And it shouldn't happen that way, in my opinion. I think you should leave them where they are and call them back when, when the national team games are on because these guys will elevate the game, not just the standard. The players playing around them now have to step up and you know, get, get to the air level, right? That is, to me, more important than anything else because long-term, that's going to really help. It does look as, as though it's a bit short-sighted from my part, but what do we need? We, we need to short-circuit this. Otherwise, we'll take another 15, 20 years to even play catch-up. The reality is, guys, and you will agree to this, right? We have dropped so low. Cambodia, Laos is no more uh, three points for us. And East Timor, it's no more three points for us. That means back in my time, when we play Cambodia laos we don't play, the, the reserves play, right? Or the strikers play to get uh, to win the uh, Golden Boot Award, right? Today, we need to play with the full team and we're not even guaranteed um, success there. So the reality is we've dropped so far back. First, we've got to agree, we've got to respect that, we've got to understand that this is our level. Now, how do we get there? When we say, how do we get there? Let's be honest with ourselves trying to bring players into our system and say, hey, you're going to be a better player? No. Why did Song leave for Thailand? Why did he leave for Thailand? (laughs) Ask him. He said, I'm going to go and play at a higher level. Simple as that. And will he tell you that because the level is not good? No, he's not. He's a good pro. He's a good guy. I like him. Um, I've interviewed him before. He's not going to say that. But they all want to go to Thailand and play because it's a high level. They get paid well. It's a high level football. Better fans, better experience. So, taking Perry Ong or Luke O'Neill from the championship and telling them to come and play, uh, no disrespect, at Topayo Stadium, where they play in Bishan now, right? Uh, with three men and a dog watching, I am i don't think so. He's going to be excited about that.
0: Yeah, and of course, for that to happen, we we need the help of government agencies. So it's not just up to FAS, you know, if that were to happen, you know, having Luke O'Neill and, and Perry Ung to play for the Singapore national team. Now, as my final question, and perhaps a way of, you know, looking forward and recapping what you both feel, the year now is 2030. Raushan, how
2: do you envision the Singapore National Squad to be like? How do I envision or how do I hope? Uh, hope. How I hope is a sprinkle of stardust in terms of foreign talents because I don't think there are enough talent to carry the team through. But definitely there are boys in our team. The Fundy Brothers obviously spring to Mind They in 2030, which is about seven years from now, will be in their peak of their career. So hopefully they are leading the line. But it definitely needs an injection of quality players because my biggest gripe from the recently concluded ASEAN tournament is All our elder statesmen, shall we call it, without name-checking them, I think listeners or watchers of the game will know who I'm referring to, they are past their sell-by date already. They're struggling in the SPL, let alone representing the national team. So in order for that to be phased out, there's no talent coming through. The only way for me, in the short term, in the next seven years, is for a decent amount of foreigners, decent quality foreigners who buy into the project and don't have to give up things like playing in a foreign league are bedded into the national team and hopefully we can, to Sassi's point, think about Cambodia, Laos and Timor-Leste as easy three points rather than going into it as a six-pointer. And Sassi, for you, this question might be
0: uh, something that hits you personally in a sense where 2030, I'm sure you'll be hoping for your two sons to be part of the national team, but... You know, overall, how would you envision the the squad in twenty thirty to look like?
1: Yeah, we're gonna have a big competition between myself and Fandi because we've all got he's got three, I've got two. All all eyeing well, <laughs> Fandi's a defender, so there's four boys we're looking for two spots, right? So, um, but that's a that's a really good, uh, um, I would say, competition. Imagine we have that kind of talent coming through and everybody's fighting for positions, right? Personally, of course, I like to see both my boys wear the national team shirt like I did. Um, they are shaping up nicely here. So that's a big plus. The other boys, like right? you saw uh, Denzel, um, who's in, in Spain as well. He's a talented player nobody talks about, right? He, he's doing really well at the La Liga Academy. There's another boy called Beckham who's in Valencia now. Uh, he's he's training out there as well. And I've seen his footage. He's, he's growing really nicely. He's 16 years old. We need a lot of these boys to get out there. We need more boys to go overseas um, and play. Right. That's all we need. We need all of these guys to go there. And then we have a team in 2030, guys. If we have 30, 40 players outside the country, then the national coach will have an easy job of selecting the best players. If we keep going down the route where we are now, then we look at the young Lions and say, um, the two Kobayashi brothers, like you say, Kyogo Nakamura, and these are the guys that we'll have to choose from. Um, with, with no disrespect to them because they are obviously for, for them, it's, it's a step up. For us, it's not right for us it's not so I really like to see of course like you say a, a sprinkle of foreign talent uh, the likes of Perry Young and Lukonai Nine might be old but those sort of players who qualify to play for Singapore those Singaporean boys who are away and of course some of the talented boys who are within our system so this should be it for all of that to happen the work has started of course with the Unleash the Role but there's a lot more
0: to do. And whatever the solution may be, we must admit that Singapore football needs fixing one way or another. Thank you once again, Raushan, and thank you once again, Sasi, for joining me today. Thanks, Eben. Thanks, Sasi.
1: Thank you.
2: That was a podcast by The Straits Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices.